Hello and welcome to the Sub Pop Podcast. I'm Arwen Nix and today I'm here with Chris Jacobs. Hi, Chris. Hi, Arwen. How's it going? Good. Chris is my boss, everybody. Chris, you're here to talk about Obits. Okay. I How'd... like to talk about Obits. <laughs> Not about the band Obits. Not about like Obits, Obits. but about the band Obits. Yeah, yeah, about the band Obits. So how did you first come across this band? Um, in probably 2007, I was on an email list uh, on which some people were discussing a, at the time, new band that uh, Rick Froberg was in. And I'm a great Rick Froberg fan from way back. Okay, so you were this guy's fan and you heard that he was in a new project. Yes, and that they had played a show at the cake shop in New York. And somebody on this email list that I was on was asking if anybody else on the list had gone to the show and if they had what they thought of it. Um, I don't live in New York, so I did not go to the show, but this came as very exciting news to me. So I um, emailed this person who had uh, said something about the show and found out that you know he has a band, or he had a band at the time called Obits, which led to me then um, tracking him down through his wife at the time, who I knew, just kind of like sight unseen or band unheard, was like, hey, we should, you should put out a record or records on Sub Pop. Are you kidding me? No, <laughs> that's, that's, I actually, yeah, that's what I, yeah, I got, I'm, I was a big, I am. Yeah, that's how it happens, of, yeah. people. If you were wondering how you get signed to Sub Pop. So Chris signs the Obits to Sub Pop. And then over the years, he ends up becoming really close to one of the members of the band, this guy So Rob. So when I was heading out to New York earlier this year, one of the people that Chris suggested I talk to was So Rob. And one of the things he suggested I ask him about was this collection of videos that he had, videotapes from the early 80s from these punk shows in D.C. that So Rob filmed when he was a teenager. These tapes that were untouched for decades and then rediscovered by a documentary filmmaker and then used by another documentary filmmaker. And then they ended up in the hands of Dave Grohl while he was working on the Sonic Highways thing. And then they ended up finding their forever home at the D.C. Public Library. So when I was out in New York, I went to So Rob's house to ask him about it and some other stuff. What's a job that you think you would be really terrible at? Maybe being a lawyer. Why? Because <laughs> um, I always want to give people the benefit of the doubt, and I feel like lawyers want to adhere to the structure as opposed to like the circumstance. 
Seems like you'd be a very good juror, though. <laughs> uh, I was a juror once. When? What? What was the case? Um, it was actually it was really it was two kids who were convicted of uh, beating and robbing a drug dealer. It was crazy. They also, for evidence, they literally brought out a pillowcase-sized bag filled with crack cocaine, which I had never seen crack, nor had I smelled it. But the smell was nuts. It was like so chemically and uh, it was wild. They were like, exhibit, you know, 13C or whatever, and it was like a giant rifle and then like a gun and all this stuff. It was pretty wild. So I want to talk to you about um, all of these videotapes that you have from DC and from the music scene there. But my first question is, where did you get this video camera? Um, I... My mom bought it for me. So her uh, her grandmother, my great-grandmother, died and left some small sum of money. And uh, I have no idea why. I mean, I literally have no idea why. Hello? Hi, this is Arwen from Sub Pop. Oh, yes, I'm so sorry. My, husband, okay. my husband said it was Nick's barber. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, how are you this morning? Well, in fact, it was um, a a phase of of our life when he was doing, you know, his music, and I was creating some English language videotapes for teaching English to uh, non-speaking English adults. And that was right when the high school band that I was in, uh, we were... We just didn't know how you get a show. I mean, we would go see touring bands. We were like, I don't know how you, you know, it just seemed impossible. Yeah. So so the only thing that we f- could figure out was like, we'll rent out the local community center. And so my mom would be the sponsor of these shows. So she would like sign the paperwork or whatever. And uh, Sounds like a cool mom. Oh, she's great. She's great. So what was it like for you to be the chaperone at all these punk shows with all these teenagers. <laughs> well, it was, it was funny. I did have different um, reactions. What I remember is these kids uh, who were dressed up and they had their, their chains and their, and their safety pins and, you know, they were trying to look tough. And they convinced me sometimes. I mean, some of these guys were not little kids, but they were, you know, men in black wearing chains and so I was a little bit intimidated by some of them sometimes and I had to kind of be the adult in the room and and there were things there were rules such as no smoking and I was very intimidated by these fellows to go up to them and and say I'm sorry no smoking allowed could you please go outside and I was expecting some sort of rebellion and in fact they said okay (laughs) you know so (laughs) Yeah, it was, I mean, they were really, all of them, nice people just dressed up like these ghoulish guys. She would do that, and we'd put on these shows, and I think for her, it was like, oh, well, you can videotape these shows. And uh, Did you and, like the music? Eh, not so much. <laughs> not, not for so you? Well, you know, I like all kinds of music, but I wasn't, you know, it was so loud. I guess I was just 
because there was nothing else to do with this stupid camera. We were like, all right. So we started. I mean, I never watched the tapes. We just videotaped. I mean, and like, you know, we're 15. So half the tapes are the band. And then you turn it and like it's some kid you go to high school with and it goes back to the band, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely, it's it's super amateur. But, but you know, kind of uh, charming for that, I suppose. It's not like I was going to sell it. You know, it wasn't like that episode of What's Happening where they bootleg the show or whatever, you know. So you didn't have an idea or like a, a mission statement for these tapes when you started no. recording. <laughs> so then what did you end up doing with them? Because you kept them. I did. Well, my mom, along with being great for a many number of things is she's happy to hold on to stuff. <laughs> so if there's anything you want to keep, leave it, I'll get it to her, she'll hold it for you. Uh, Marcel, M-A-R-C-E-L-L-E. And the last name is Habibiun, H-A-B as in boy, I-B-I-O-N as in Nancy, Habibiun. And so, yeah, they just were—they were in a box at my parents' house, and um, then this guy James Schneider started to work on a movie about the DC punk scene. We all grew up in DC, so I knew So Rob from high school days, back when he was in Edsel. Years later, um, someone asked So Rob for those tapes to use in a documentary, and he told me that he sent this man James to you to get them. Do you remember that happening? Yes. Yes, and I think James was the one that I arranged with him. I, I think that he was in D.C., and I actually lived in Virginia in, in the place where Sohrab had, had been living when, when he made the tapes. Uh, so I took the tapes into my workplace in D.C., and he came and picked them up there. I believe she worked for the Department of Veterans Affairs. You'd have to look that up. They had to come to my workplace. They yeah. didn't actually go into the building beyond the, the lobby area. He was curious to go down there, especially since it was not long after 9-11, actually. I think. And fortunately, it was before 9-11. So how many years went by before you saw this footage that you didn't even remember you had? Um, let's see. Let's see that was easily 25 years. So what was it like when you did see it? Um, so, some of the shows came like, came back so vividly and I really remember the literally like the, the atmosphere of the room of particular shows. Um, and there were some like the really early ones where it's just at the community center and I get to see all these kids that I went to high school with people who I had not thought about in a really, really long time. That's kind of fun. And it also definitely captures the 1985 hair and clothing choices. <laughs> pretty pretty great. Um, and uh, there's a, a kid in a bandana in one of them that is just outrageously good. So I think he's shirtless, but he's got a bandana on. It's really... <laughs> uh, What are you doing with the tapes now? Um, I have been, uh, well, I was lucky enough that they were digitized for me 
Dave Grohl was very kind, and he, because he is from the DC area, and he was in some of those early bands, and the, there was that HBO show, Sonic Highway. Yes, and there was an episode for DC, and they wanted to know if they could use some of my stuff, and I said absolutely, but it, the videotapes had only ever been digitized in piecemeal by whoever wanted to use whatever section they wanted to use. Mm -hmm. And so I said, you know, I can, I don't know what to do. I don't know that I have all the sections with Dave to send you. And then my friend Scott, who made the Salad Days DC Punk documentary, he was like, why don't you ask them if they would just digitize all of them for you? They have the facility to do it. And I sheepishly sent the email like, I have stuff. Is there any way you'd be willing to, you know? And uh, they wrote right back. They're like, "Sure, here's our FedEx number. Send us the tapes. We'll digitize them to you, and you know, just send them back." It was really, I got to say, such a generous thing of them to do. And so, the videotapes, the actual tapes themselves, are now in the DC Public Library. They have like a punk archive, so the tapes are there. My name's Michelle Casto. I'm special collections librarian in Washingtoniana, which is the local history department um, for DC Public Library. I'm so curious as to how these conversations started, because when you think, when I think of DC Punk, I don't immediately associate that with a library. So right. was it just a group of former punk rest librarians that were like, we gotta save this stuff, or, or what happened? I mean, librarians aren't as quite as square as you might <laughs> imagine them to be. Um, the library director was excited. He he knew about, he wasn't from here, but he knew about the DC scene because he was friends with someone who had been involved with it. You know, that kind of thing. You know, there, it's a part of an archive with all these flyers and fanzines. And so in that context, I, it, I'm actually pretty proud. I think that's kind of neat. Even though I have nothing to be proud of. I didn't do anything. I just held up a video camera. But whatever, they're in there, they're in there which is kind of exciting. But then I've been taking the digitized versions and editing out all the, like the beginning and the end of stuff where nothing's actually happening and just posting the whole sets up online. I made a, like a website for just for the shows. So I've been put, slowly putting them up there. And has um, anyone gotten in touch with you about any of these? Yes. Um, a couple people. Some people who are in some of the bands. Um, and so that was nice. And then just random people who are like... Uh, you know, I was at that show, or there was one that, you know, some somebody said, you know, I'm younger, I wasn't around for these, but I've gotten into DC punk rock, and it's so cool to be able to see some of the, what these bands actually look like playing, and I was like, oh, that's cool, you know, yeah. and it's, I will say, the, there is no production, though. this is like the, the shabbiest quality video, but but in that, in that, in, in that way, it's actually really accurate, because these were like dark, poorly sounding rooms, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so it, it yeah. It's, it's really, it's I mean, a show at a community center should probably look like a show <laughs> at a community center. Yeah, you, you would not, if you wanted to replicate it, you wouldn't make it as crappy as it is, like what it actually is. <laughs> So Rob is now in the band Savak. 
You can see some of the tapes from the shows he filmed online at this website he has put together, dc-85.com. Punk the Capital, the movie that James Schneider is making, should be out in the next year or so. And we've got links to his work at subpop.fm, as well as more info about the DC Punk Archive at the library. If you live in DC or are planning to visit, I recommend that you make an appointment to see it. They've got a lot of amazing stuff in there. And I'm very sorry that I assumed that the library wasn't punk as fuck. I was wrong. They have punk shows in the basement. They put out a tape. They're amazing. The Sub Pop Podcast will be back in a few weeks, but in the meantime, I am going to suggest another podcast, Vanishing Inc. I've been talking to one of the makers of it recently, and I asked her to put together a quick trailer that I could play for you to see if maybe you would like it. You may know that Sub Pop started as a zine. We over here at Vanishing Inc. are trying to recreate that in the digital space. When you think of punk rock, you might think of this. Well, Sheena is a punk rocker. No powers. We're just ordinary human beings. I once bought a uh, Fender Rhodes piano that is haunted. For more, go to vanishinginc.nyc or drop us a line at vanishinginc.nyc at gmail.com. Okay, so they're running it like a zine. It's not your normal iTunes podcast thing. You have to go and sign up to hear it, and then there's a newsletter, and they will send you a link to the episode when it comes out. I think they're great. Let me know what you think. You can find all the music we used in the show today on Spotify. You can find us on Twitter or on Facebook or wherever. And you can find show notes from Stuart Fletcher at subpop.fm. Special thanks go to So Rob, Marcel Habibian, James Schneider, Michelle Castro, Stuart Fletcher, Alyssa Atkins, Chris Jacobs, Megan Jasper, and of course, Jonathan Poneman. Bye, everybody. You know, when you have a kid, you're always glad when they turn out to be a decent human being, and he is, and that's really, really a pleasure for me.